Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsack for another edition of Star Wars Ranked. Concept is pretty simple. Me and a guest, a topic, and then we rank it. You, you see how that magic comes together? Except for one difference today, there is no guest. The guest is me. Hello, guest. Hi, Ken. Glad to be here. Sometimes I like to do this show solo just to kind of get my thoughts out, though I'd love hearing guests on this show. In fact, a lot of new guests coming to Star Wars Ranked shortly, as well as the wonderful Joseph Scrimshaw, who brings a lot to the show in terms of insight with his selections. 
So I'm not tossing any of those folks aside. I'm just it's it's me and you. It's me and you. Uh, I want to do so. I do want to say thanks to the uh, thanks to you for uh, the nice reception to Spotlight Star Wars 100 and some new wrinkles, new segments on the show. That'll be back next week. Spotlight Star Wars 101. But we're here now to rank some Star Wars. And here's today's topic. I was thinking, what's on my mind as a Star Wars fan? And I saw a tweet out there. Someone out there said something about, you know, watching Star Wars as a kid and seeing it all for the first time and and having kind of a a pure of heart. It's why the Bible says, you know, you should be like a child, pure of heart. Not not, not that there's anything wrong with questioning anything or being dubious, uh, dubious about things. But as you get get older, you just... You start to lose some of the unbridled passions of youth. The just your heart exposed. And I thought about that in terms of Star Wars and being a Star Wars fan. So today's list is my favorite Star Wars moments as a kid. Ah, there's the rub. There's the wrinkle. I went back in my mind. And I've been sharing Star Wars memories from you and me recently on Spotlight Star Wars. Those connections, the first spark of joy, what really brought you in, what was the first image, what was the the first sequence, the line of dialogue, the character, the ships, whatever it was that brought you into Star Wars for the first time. I'm fascinated with that stuff because I think in the wake of The Last Jedi, and it's definitely, you know, I can't deny it, even though I love that movie, it's created a little bit of a rift in the fandom, I don't blame the movie. I don't blame Ryan Johnson. I don't even blame the fans. It just is. We hear now. This is this. You hear this a lot. Uh, this is just fandom now in general. Unfortunately, because I work in, in new media and a lot on YouTube, yeah, I see a lot about that, and it does become disheartening because sometimes we just want to enjoy things. Sometimes, as I say, I just want to talk about how cool I think speeder bikes and Tie Fighters look. That's part of what being a Star Wars fan is, and I think as a kid. You had, all of us, had this early connection, and you see it as a youngster. Now, for me, it's the original trilogy, and that's what today's list will be about. You out there, your list might be the prequels, might be the re-releases, the special editions. I I know a lot of Star Wars fans, so that was their first experience of Star Wars. And then for some now, wonderfully, because this keeps on going. Generation to generation, thankfully, we have new Star Wars movies and shows and comics and books to share with the next generation of fans behind us. Uh, The sequel trilogy or the standalone films, uh, that is on your list or will be on your list if you ever get to the podcast-making age, which nowadays is probably five. So for me, this list is the original trilogy. Your list might be different, but these are the moments that I really, I stopped before I recorded. I made some notes. I put it down. What were the little moments that I liked as a kid that I might not like now, that the humor might be different if I was to see it now for the first time. You can never go back and see it again for the first time, even though the famous ad from the special editions did try to tell you that. See it again for the first time on the big screen. But you could never watch it as a kid again if that was your first exposure to Star Wars. Now, some there's some fans that are, are old enough to have been of a, you know, certain a young adult age when the movies came out. I'm actually kind of jealous because you got to experience it in a, in a world-shattering way where you saw this change the world. This, for me, was just something uh, that I was born in 1976. So Star Wars just kind of was always there. 
It was always this big, giant thing. But even I can't go back and watch it as I did in 1983, really, for the first time, 77, technically. I can't go back. So there's moments that I remember, moments that I remember talking with my friends on the playground and and debating and, and celebrating and all those things we do now to microphones on podcasts or YouTube shows or blogs and all that stuff. That's why this industry exists, because an entire generation of entertainers grew up on the playgrounds talking about Star Wars, talking about pop culture. That's why we have this industry now, and I'm thankful for that. So I went back to those moments, and I hope you go back with me, hear my list, and then I want to hear yours. It's been a lot of fun over on Spotlight Star Wars, hearing your guys' thoughts, hearing your first sparks of Star Wars joy, and what you like now, which, again, might be different if you saw it for the first time now. And I think the whole genesis of this, the idea started, this idea that what if I had seen The Force Awakens and Last Jedi as a seven-year-old, as I did Return of the Jedi? I'm sure I would have liked it even more. I can appreciate it now on a different level. I can appreciate it on a deeper level. I understand things. I can put on my glasses, grab my Star Wars professorial books and say, ah, yes, this is what the death of Luke Skywalker means. Oh, yes, let me explain to you what the the humor in The Last Jedi does to undercut the villains. You know, Joseph and I love having those discussions, and uh, Jennifer and I and Joseph love getting on the Force Center main show and having those deep discussions. We've got a great one planned about the nature of the Force. I love all that. But what if I'd seen The Force Awakens or The Last Jedi the first time? I'd probably be all about the father-year race. I'd probably love the Porgs even more. I'd love uh, a lot of the humor. I'd probably love the Luke Skywalker threw his lightsaber over his shoulder, which is, even though I love The Last Jedi, not my favorite moment now. It is so different when you see it back then. I'm sure if I was 12, I would love that Poe played a telephone game with General Hugs. And now I like it, but I bet I'd love it even more. Joseph and I, in the last episode of Star Wars Rank, talked about some of the funniest moments in Star Wars. And it's subjective. I put a Porg moment on there. And, you know, it's not this rip-roaring funny moment, but I appreciate it now on a different level. I appreciated that it set up the humor in The Last Jedi and set up the Porgs for being something that you can take both seriously and at a comedic level. But I bet that list, if I'd made it at seven, would be entirely different. I'd probably love Snoke's tongue hanging out of his dead body more than I do now. So without further ado, just me today. Here is my list. The top five favorite Star Wars moments I had as a child. Number five, Wicket hits himself. Return of the Jedi. Ah, let's go back to May of 1983. There's a lot of things in that movie that I was just blown away from. I talked often that my first spark of Star Wars joy, I actually kind of go back to the trailer of Return of the Jedi that I saw at a friend's slumber party uh, on a Saturday morning. We All my friends freaked out. And I'm like, what is this thing? And then I saw Luke with the green lightsaber. Top of the sail barge. More on that later. So I was so excited to see this movie. And there's so many wonderful things. That's why I understand why people are still connected to Return of the Jedi. I grew up and then eventually you kind of go, oh, Empire's the better film. And I love Empire. It is to me. The perfect of the perfect Star Wars movie of, of all these movies. We haven't had anything to top that yet. But I understand the connection to Return of the Jedi because it shows up a lot on my list. And Wicked hitting himself. 
in the midst of this big giant battle. I'm seven years old. I am not questioning why little teddy bears with little knitted uh, self-made uh, headdresses and spears with rocks tied to them. Why I don't? I, I, why they're they're beating the empire? I'm not questioning that. When I see them whack a stormtrooper in the head, to me that stormtrooper's dead at seven years old. Now I look at it and go, that that stormtrooper doesn't even need an aspirin. We watch it now, and our eyes see it different, right? I can see some of the moments in Return of the Jedi that if I had been an adult in 1983, if I had had a Star Wars podcast in 1983, I'd be like, I don't accept this. This would be a problem. Think peace, think peace, think peace. And those things aren't wrong. They aren't wrong. But it's been on my mind a lot lately about just going back to the pure joy and early connection to Star Wars. And when I saw Wicked in the middle of this battle, other Ewoks fing, 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 slingshotting these rocks. And here's Wicked. Wonk, 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 dunk, ow, hits him in the head. That, to me, was the quintessential moment of comedy in the Star Wars trilogy. Loved it. In fact, during The Phantom Menace, when Jar Jar Binks kind of does a similar thing, it's a similar beat. I don't like it as much. And again, I saw it as an adult. And I, I didn't like it. And even still now, though I am a hashtag prequelist, it's still one of the moments where I go, all right, George, he's a stepping in the poopy, and now he's hitting himself with that. Doesn't hold up for me as much, right? But here you have uh, Wicked, again, in the middle of a serious battle, whacking himself upside the head with a rock, and I'm dying laughing. I'm falling out of my chair. Anytime I put in the VHS tape, I would want to see that moment. And there's little moments, uh, particularly in Return of the Jedi, that are, are in my brain forever that I saw as a kid and thought, ooh, cool. I've talked before about that moment of uh, you go from the Battle of Endor on Endor, an ATSD shooting the trees. It's right when the battle looks really bad for the rebels. And it boom, 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 and it blasts those trees, and the trees break open like twigs, and then you do boom, hard cut, back into space. That's one of my favorite moments. My favorite moment says uh, the Rebels, uh, after the shield, uh, everything kind of goes haywire. The shield uh, generator, the bunker, the battle is started. And that one Rebel commando ducks behind a little uh, outcropping there, a little piece of uh, of the bunker, and takes a, a, a blast, and he has to kind of duck. And I think it's even the guy with the, the beard that we know now is not Rex and never was Rex. Um, that moment always stuck out with me as a kid, but I always would come back to this wicked moment. And I think, to me, something that reminds me of this moment, that when I saw it on the screen in The Last Jedi, I immediately went, ah, there's some Star Wars poetry that, unlike the Jar Jar Binks moment, I appreciate and love on both levels. If I can watch it again as a child, I'd love it even more, but now I connect to it. And that is when, uh, during the Battle of Crate, with a lot of bad things happening, and it's dire for the Resistance, Chewie banks that falcon, and that porg falls and hits the windshield, hits the canopy of the, of the uh, cockpit. Love that moment. And to me, that is that type of moment that this wicked moment is. You've got, it's dark for the rebels. You don't know if they're going to win this battle, because at seven years of age, you're not thinking of three-act structures and the big baddie at the end and ticking clocks and all these things that I know now as a you know, student of screenwriting or someone who's just seen movies, uh, you know, big blockbuster movies time and time again. 
those third acts are always what they are. I, you know, superhero movies sometimes for me fall flat because I know we're going to have a big battle in the third act and the good guys are going to win. It's how you get to that point is what makes movies great. I think of Wonder Woman, Black Panther, uh, Winter Soldier, all those type of things. Uh, I think they all suffer from the superhero third act, but the journey there is just so amazing that you accept it and you love it. And there's good moments within that, let me be clear. But here we are in the big third act, the big battle going on, and this little teddy bear is hitting his head with a rock. I don't know if I connect to that now, if I saw it for the first time. But back then, couldn't stop talking about it. My number four, Lando is a good guy. Empire Strikes Back. Han! Han! There's still time to save Han! It's one of my favorite moments in all of Star Wars. But I think it goes back to this moment uh, when I saw it for, uh, as a kid. Now, I saw, and it's interesting, saw Empire after Jedi. So you kind of would think I would know what's going on. But when you're seven... You're watching it on VHS. You're kind of not sure. You're not sure of timelines. You know how, how many years it took me to figure out the Temple of Doom was actually before Raiders of the Lost Ark? I didn't understand when the date popped up in the beginning of uh, Temple of Doom that it was a, a date before. What is it? 1934 versus, I think, 36 or something like that. I'm going off the top of my head here. You're a kid. I knew Empire came before Return of the Jedi. I got that it was a saga. I understood the first one. Uh, I saw Star Wars, A New Hope, after Jedi. Jedi was the first one I saw in the theater. Again, I saw New Hope in the drive-in. It was one. I don't remember a damn thing, but the Force moved into my body. So I see Return of the Jedi. And of course, I come home, tell my parents, like, I want to see. I want, there's two more. You know, there's two more movies. They're like, yeah, yeah, we know there's two more. You saw one of them. What? I saw one of them? How could I? I, can't, I don't remember. Well, you were one years old. I want to see it now. So you go out, you rent the VHS tapes. Or in my case, I think eventually we taped Star Wars Episode Four off of TV so that I still see the movie with commercial breaks. I think there's a lot of people in my generation who have the taped TV copy of, uh, of New Hope, particularly, and you remember those moments. Then interrogator droid comes in, the door shuts close, close uh, Vader's going to interrogate Leia, smash the commercial. So it was interesting that this moment resonated so high with me, but I love Lando. I love Lando in Jedi. Oh, my God, he's great. But to see him here in Empire... And I'm like, as a kid, here I am, seven years old. I know what happens, right? He go, he's like Han and Leia's friend. He destroyed the Death Star. And here he is, he's selling them out. And I'm not comprehending some of the moments, the little under-the-breath moments from Lando. Steel's getting worse all the time, all that kind of stuff. You're not picking up on that as a kid as much. Maybe I was just a dumb kid, but... I didn't see it as much. Maybe your kid. Maybe you're seven or eight out there and you picked up on it. So when Chewie starts choking him, I'm not thinking, yeah, yeah, kill the guy. I'm thinking, yeah, okay. Th- this this is, yeah, everything's falling apart. How do we get Han back? And and his bed, Lando, like, he turned on him. He's a, Lando's a bad guy. And then Lando says those words. Billy D, who embodies that character so well. Han, there's still time to save Han. It's like, what? I'm, I'm with Leia. Now, Leia takes a second. There's a beat there. And finally, she's like, all right, you know, let's, let's hear him out, Chewie. 
I'm like in that moment too. I'm, I'm three PO. I three PO gives, we don't give him enough credit. Three PO. He's the first to go. I'm just thinking about this out loud. Three PO is like, Hey, listen to him. You big hairy oaf. You crazy princess. Listen to him. No one listens to three PO, but he was right there. So I love that sequence. I love that moment. Cause for me at about that age, seven or eight, it was a fist pump moment. It also allowed me to love Lando even more. Because again, I, 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 I picked up on him first in Jedi. And he's flying the Millennium Falcon. He's got a cool cape. He's, got a, he's undercover. I'm like, whoa, how, it blows my mind. He went and worked for Jabba. He got a job with Jabba and spied. Blows my mind. So here I'm watching Lando. And he's got an equally as cool, if not cooler cape. He's got a cool like robot head friend. He lives in a cool cloud city. I'm like, I'm on board with this guy, but he seems to be bad. Couldn't comprehend it. The cuffs come off, and he's taking the cuffs off Chewie. And, and as a kid, you're like, wait, what? What's he doing? And then he gets uh, redeemed from my seven-year-old brain with that great moment. Number three, Leia says, I know. Let's go back to Return of the Jedi. This is a moment that I do love, but I recognize now it was a little of a cheap callback, and that's okay. Yes, I know, poetry in Star Wars, it all circles back, stanzas rhyme, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I get all that, but here you are watching this. Leia's just been shot. Han is standing over her. They love each other, right? Like, I'm into this story. I'm into the the romance. Something's going on between them, right? She says early on, she rescues him. I'm someone who loves you. I get it. I'm, I'm, I'm on board for this. And now you're telling me this princess I love, I love as well is shot. She's there hurt. The battle does not look good for the rebels. And stormtroopers are walking up behind Han. Freeze. And there's this moment. Han looks in her eyes. She starts to grab her little General Leia, Princess Leia blaster. And he says, I love you. She says, I know. Boom, boom, Stormtrooper's dead. Now, all right, the chicken walker, the ATSD walks up, Chewie gets out, and I'm thinking as a kid, oh, okay, the tide of the battle has turned, but it is that moment where I can remember kind of collectively just the, the audience is in it. But I'm, as a kid, I'm collect, I'm, I'm holding my breath, collecting myself is what I'm trying to say there. I'm like, oh, it doesn't look good. And so that moment, I love you. I know classic moment, same dialogue, different delivery, different characters all the way back in empire. That moment's the one we all talk about, rightfully so. It is one of the best moments in Star Wars of all time, Han Solo saying, I know. But here you got the reverse. And I loved it. I still do like it. It's a great moment. It's definitely Leia's character. It's, it fits. But I got to tell you, if, if a similar moment had happened in The Force Awakens, and Last Jedi comes out, and they do the same moment, but reverse the line, give it a beat. I think my eyes would have rolled so far back in, the, in my head, I don't know if they would have come down for a few minutes. I can tell you who I am now would be like, no, do something different. 
callbacks in stand-up comedy work, they don't work like this in the movies. I don't, you know, I was watching Temple of Doom the other day, and the callback to Han grabbing his his gun, trying to kill a swordsman, but this time he doesn't have the gun, which is interesting because it's also a prequel to Raiders. Even that's not my favorite moment. It just, I don't know, it just doesn't hold up. So this moment was high on my list, is high on my list now uh, as I give this list as an adult, but I, as a kid, this was one of my favorite Star Wars moments. And I, could, I can almost guarantee I would have pulled this off uh, any list or put, uh, if I was making this list now or, or railed against it. Went on a YouTube rant. How could you do this? And again, this is why I like watching these movies and trying to remember you're, you're seeing them for the first time. Yes, you should change and grow, and there's perceptions that change and perspectives and, and what you learn from them. And yes, Last Jedi is deep, which is why I love it so much. I connect to The Last Jedi on a level that I didn't even expect, which is why I think Ryan Johnson's answers are the answers that I didn't know I needed. You might think differently, and that's okay. But I go back to this kind of stuff. As a kid, I wasn't thinking about, ah, that's a callback to Empire Strikes Back, Han's line, now they're giving it to Leia. All right, it's kind of cute. None of that. I held my breath because our heroes looked in trouble. Han said, I love you. She says, I know. That's kind of how I saw it for the first time. It's a weird look at a great moment. Number two, Luke above the Sarlacc pit. All of it. You want to talk about my favorite moments as a kid? My favorite Star Wars moments as a Ute? Well, this is it. As I, I talked about earlier, my first spark of Star Wars joy is definitely, in a lot of ways, attached to Luke above the sail barge, igniting the green lightsaber, going on that rampage. It's what I saw in the trailer. What It's what I remember most from that trailer as a kid, seeing it. What is that? What is in his hand? What's he doing? Who is he? He's all in black, but I seem to think he's a good guy. It's a great moment. It's a great sequence. The Jabba sequence is great. I know a lot of people that overall, eh, Return of the Jedi, eh, not my favorite. Eh, Jabba stuff's good. It's almost like a separate movie. Yeah, in, in a way. I get it, but the whole sequence is good. But Luke on the skiff, from that beginning, speaking to Jabba, free us or die, that whole sequence the salute to R2. R2, he's up there. How is he up there? We don't know. He put down his drinks. He's up there. Don't you worry about it. He took a break. Boom. Launches the lightsaber. Luke does the jump, the flip, that. I can't tell you how much I tried to reenact that moment as a kid. Now, without the flipping, I knew I couldn't do that. But my friends and I would reenact that, that uh, skiff sail barge sequence a lot on the playgrounds of Margaret Harlow Elementary School in Royal Grande, California. And we would try. There was the way the stairs were situated on this big hunk of wood that we used to play on with a metal slide. You've, you've heard me talk about it before here at Four Center. Uh, there was uh, like tiered stairs. big pl- like We're talking not just steps, like 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 you know, a, a, almost like three levels of this platform. And the top platform was skiff-sized and had little railings like the skiff. It was perfect. It was like the designers of this playground, probably in the 60s, knew Return of the Jedi was going to come out and some kids would want to reenact the scene. So whoever got to be Luke that day got to try to reenact that moment. 
And I would definitely try to be Luke a lot, though, again, I did love Lando. I always felt bad for the kids we made uh, being like uh, the weak way. They didn't have a lot to do during that recess. So you would try to do that. You would jump off on from the top platform to the like middle platform. We're talking maybe four feet by four feet, this platform. The top platform's probably more 25 feet by 15 feet range, you know? But you jump you jump off that middle platform and then you 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 flip around and then you you jump back up. And in your head you thought you were just nailing this. You thought you were Luke as a kid. Seven, eight years old, you're like, oh yeah. I'm flipping. Really, you were just uncomfortably, awkwardly rolling onto splinter-filled wood that uh, no school should have let any kids play on, but there was us. So that moment still to this day, all thing, all things about that sequence. Things that I don't think I'd accept now. Luke's phantom force kick. The kind of, you know, very clearly Luke whiffing on the kiss kick, but the stuntman uh, takes the hit. Uh, jumping. I still I question, I watch it now. Luke jumps, lands on the side of the sail barge, and like barely with his fingers, like catches on to the side of the sail barge, which is very steep. He's like, have you ever tried to just hold something with your fingers? He doesn't have enough leverage. I don't accept that he has enough leverage with his feet. And then when a job job as henchman opens up the other little, little, uh, plank there and luke flips him out cool moment but as an adult i watch it even now and i'm like how does even with the force even with the force how's he doing that how's he catching on but as a kid there's no way i question that that is quintessential luke skywalker leaps lands on the side of the sail barge this guy comes out luke tosses him away luke still climbs to the top as a kid, there is nothing about the sequence I'm questioning. As an adult, there's some moments in it I might question. Again, if I have to see Return of the Jedi at 41, I might be like, eh, Mark Hamill missed the stuntman with that kick there. What? Not, what? They let that in the movie? Nah, it's part of the fun and silliness. And you see it as a kid, you're just thinking he is kicking ass. Or back then I would have said kicking butt. I don't even know if I would have said that. It stands out to me as one of the best sequences in Star Wars because it just connected with me. It was what I wanted a Jedi to be, right? Now, later on, and I think correctly so, as a Star Wars fan, I learned that a Jedi was not just that. It's actually a lot different, a lot bigger, a lot deeper. Again, what The Last Jedi really tapped into. What other new Star Wars canon material has tapped into? And even the prequels. But back then... To me, the Jedi Knight was a knight. He had a sword. And he went flinging around the sail barges and skiffs of the galaxy, throwing the bad guys off. I even love when Luke takes the blast to his uh, hand. So painful, so graphic, so immediate. That skin's burned off and it's a robot hand. What? What? Because remember... I'm seeing this for the first time, not seeing Empire Strikes Back. So when he puts that glove on later on and covers it up, and then it kind of ties like, hey, you're like your father. Your father's got a, a robot hand, too. I'm like, oh, okay, even seven. I'm like, I get that. But when I saw it for the first time, when his hand gets shot, it's like, what? who is this guy? I love that sequence. That's why it's my number two moment. My number two favorite Star Wars moment as a kid. Which leads us to number one. 
As you know, Han Solo was my favorite Star Wars character. A lot of great characters have come since. But still for me, Han is quintessential Star Wars. That lovable rogue scoundrel. Yeah, he doesn't have a lightsaber, but I don't know if he needs one. And for me, from my point of view as a kid growing up, he, he got the princess. He saved the day. Like, there's all these things that, you know, check boxes for me as just a regular old kid sitting there watching this, right? So my number one moment is from what I know is Star Wars, but you now call A New Hope, and that is Han comes back. You know that reaction I had when Lando was revealed in Empire Strikes Back to actually still be a good guy? He's going to save Han? Ah, seeing Han come back to save the day in Star Wars, coming out of the sky, what looked like the sun to take out Vader's henchmen, send, uh, sending Vader spinning in space. We're all clear, kid. Let's blow this thing and go home. Man, do you know how much I loved that moment as a kid? Because, again, watching these for the first time, something I know we'll never get to do again. There is no part of me that thought Han Solo's coming back after he collected his reward. There's no part of me that's going to think... Han and Chewie are, are going to blast back in, and, and Han's going to get a medal. Chewie will one day get a medal. There's none of that. None of that going on in my head. I think Han has fled. He's taken the money and run, and I was disappointed. And I'm watching this, even again, having seen Return of the Jedi first. I don't know. Maybe this happens after. I'm not sure. I'm like seven or eight years old. I'm trying to figure this all out. So seeing it play out for the first time. Boom. And here, Vader, that's why I, you know, it's one of my favorite moments. Vader going, what? It's still, what? Still one of my favorite moments. And Han comes back. He is part of the cause. He is a good guy. And I don't think about all those things then. I don't think about the character growth. I don't think, well, why does Han come back? Do I need him to come back? Should he come back? I don't know. Did they telegraph it too much? I could have predicted. None of those things. None of those things that would fill my mind up even now, though I'm pretty sure I would think it's a great moment. But back then it was, he is back. The team's back. Han, Luke, and Leia. That's the team. Throwing Chewbacca, you got the droids. That's my Star Wars team. And they saved the day. Yeah, Luke fired the shots. Ben was in his ears. Good old Ben. I didn't really refer to him as Obi-Wan until like 1989, all right? Ben Kenobi was, that was the name. It was Star Wars and Ben Kenobi. So you kids these days with your new hope and your Obi-Wan. So that moment stands to me, it's still a great moment for me. I want, to, I want that to be clear. This would still be one of my top-ranked Star Wars moments, which we have done here before. Spotlight Star Wars Episode 50. We're going to do it again. All those mo- We love talking moments. But I'm going back to the beginning when I saw this, when I pumped my fist and thought, he did it, he came back. Han's back, the team's together, the bad guys have been defeated. Watching it, pure of heart. As a child, like a child. As I wish we all could remember. As I wish we all could connect back to every now and then. Oh, it's fun to debate the big things. That's part of what we do. We love speculating responsibly. And we're going to continue to do that. And we're going to dig deep 
I'm going to tell you what every Porg moment really means on an emotional level. That is part of the fun of being a Star Wars fan now. But all of us should pause for a moment and go back to the beginning. We've talked about our first sparks of Star Wars joy. Let's talk about our favorite moments as a kid. Unfiltered and full of youthful passion. You can find Force Center on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We're available in a lot of places where podcasts are generally found, including iHeartRadio and Spotify. Check them out there. Don't forget, we do have the Patreon page, patreon.com slash Force Center. And new shirts are available on TeePublic, including Speculate Responsibly. Check that out at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. We have the website, forcecenterpod.podomatic.net. Check that out. Our blog is just about up and running. It's up, but we're getting full speed ahead on actually writing on that. Me, Joseph, and Jennifer sharing our thoughts in the written form. Check that out there. A lot of things going on. We're on YouTube as well. Databank Brawl episodes are rebroadcast there. Check out our YouTube page. That's it, guys. Your list, your moments, I want to hear it. Reach out on Twitter. Use the hashtag Star Wars Ranked. What are your favorite Star Wars moments as a kid? Go back, and as the ad said, see it again for the first time. That is it. We'll see you next time. Star Wars has been ranked. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.